We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, December 7th edition of the Worldwide NFL Podcast, brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me. As always, Jake Tarski. You can follow me at Roto Jake. Jake, we got the final week of bye weeks, the very last week, the longest bye week stretch that we've ever had uh, because of our thankful NFL creating the 18-game season. I'm not upset at all by mentioning that because I have Jonathan Taylor in a few leagues. I know you do as well, too. So this is going to be an important waiver wire for a lot of people, probably last week before the playoffs as well, too. We'll discuss the Monday Night Football game uh, and a few of the injury-relevant wide receivers in particular that have popped up from the waiver wire this week. Before we get to all that, though, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good de- uh, good decisions even more so. Making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier Digital Casino and Sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fancy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, Ron Robbins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's Digital Casino, take a spin on the roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try our hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding at WinBet. The possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners, a risk-free bet up to $500 on their first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Okay, Jake, that was a lot. Certainly not a lot for the Monday Night Football game, which ended up being a wind and weather fest. I don't ever, ever want to hear someone talk about Mac Jones and how good he is at quarterback and cite the win-loss stat because that's going to count as a win for him despite throwing three Effing times. I cannot believe that actually happened in a 2021 NFL football game. But there you go. Patriots get the win. Josh Allen uh, did it the best he could with the win. What was your thoughts overall with that Monday night contest? 
And it was really an all-timer and definitely an all-timer for fantasy beats. I'm sure there are tons of bad fantasy beats out there. I know, just for example, the worst one I saw was my brother needed three points out of Mac Jones and Jacoby Myers to get the win this week. And uh, he was held out short after Myers got the zero. And, of course, Mac Jones throws three times, loses those rushing yards at the end, too, you know, just to make it even better. Um no, I mean, it was an all-time bad weather game, and, you know, it's always fun to have a couple of those a year. If anything, I mean, the Josh Allen stat line wasn't, like, wildly impressive by any means, but I, if you watch the game, it's actually amazing how he could sling that ball straight into the wind. I mean, there are not many quarterbacks who have the arm strength to do that, and, you know, that's Josh Allen. That's his whole game. He's all about arm talent, right? So, uh, you know, that was encouraging. And then, you know, other news and notes from this game, Damian Harris busted off a real nice run early in that game, and I was – uh. I went into the game feeling pretty good. I had like a 40-something point lead going against Allen and Damian Harris. And then Harris busts off that, you know, 60-something yard run. And uh, and he looks great. And, the, and, you know, the Patriots run game on a whole was looking great. But then Harris left with a hamstring injury. He later came – he left with a hamstring injury in the first half. He ended up coming back in the second half, but then he came up limp again. So you got to question the decision to put him back in there. Um, you know, that might lead a lot of uh, fantasy players to Ramondre Stevenson who is just above our threshold at 61% owned this week. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's very surprising. I think, um, I mean, part of it is they're on a buy, you know, this week. So you're not going to, you're not going to be able to help that. And uh, from last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the Chuba Hubbard thing. Exactly. And then if you look at Buffalo's backfield, of course, Zach Moss was back after being a healthy scratch last week. He got eight carries. Singletary got 10 carries. Neither of them were very effective. Matt Burrito was involved. I mean, for as good of an offense as Buffalo is on paper, I mean, you know, the backs, even even before this weather-afflicted game here, the backs have just been junk and all pretty much unstartable and all borderline droppable. But I don't know. That's how I take the Monday night game. Um, but the big story this week is bye weeks, man. It's the last week for fantasy teams to make the playoffs, and they got to deal with four teams on bye, including the number one player in all of fantasy. And it's just Nick brutal. Fultz. I love oh. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I I mean, it's just it's just brutal. I I can't. I love the 18 game season. Of course, as a fan, I want more games. It's great for us at RotoWire. It's great for our jobs, you know, to have more games, more content to put out. But man, week 14 buys, you got to do something about that. You know, you have all these extra years, right? And the NFL has catered its game to fantasy a ton over the years, right? NFL was the uh was one of the first major sports to host fantasy games on their official sports website. They've done just about everything they could to make the game more offense friendly. Now part of that's, you know, under the guise of, uh, you know, protecting players. And and then of course there's the, the, the strict, strict pass interference calls and rules and, and all that stuff. So they want stats. They've made it more fan- fantasy friendly, but man, having buys when you're struggling to make the playoffs four teams, no less uh, is brutal. And they're going to have to fix that this off season. Yeah. And you mentioned the the four teams, we haven't really discussed who they are. The Colts, you're talking about Jonathan Taylor. I, I said in jest, the number one scorer, Nick Folk, kicker for the Patriots. The Patriots are on by too, right? That's where the Ramondre Stevenson mm-hmm. thing comes into play a little bit. But missing uh, Damian Harris, Mac Jones prior to this Monday was doing all right from a fantasy perspective. You have Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz was a low-end quarterback, one at certain times. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman, pretty clearly a fantasy starting wide receiver for just about every format at this point. The Dolphins, who have kind of emerged as well, too, especially Jalen Waddle, who's going to probably be hurting a few people who need that wide receiver two or three. Devontae Parker comes yeah. back from injury reserve, now back on bye week, so you don't even get to play him that much, too. I think Waddle's been a top five receiver over the past four at weeks. At least in PPR leagues. I mean, only like Cooper Cup and a couple other players are ahead of him. 
Yeah, and then the Eagles, who Jalen Hurts was a top fantasy starter. Well, now he's out with injured Gardner Minshew. Does well, Dallas Goddard. You have the Miles Sanders thing, who also returned from injury. Now he's on by. We'll probably discuss Kenny Gamewell just a little bit as well, too. That headache of a backfield. It, I mean, they're, these are some critical teams. And from a defensive perspective, too, and special teams like Nick mm-hmm. Folk or the kickers, there's going to be a lot. There, there's a lot of movement that you probably have to make. Certainly this podcast will be one that you uh, can listen to and maybe have some ideas to plan for your roster. But I'm just saying, check your lineups. Yeah, I mean, there's defense and everything. This is going to be a hard, hard week, I think. We're running into the same thing with last week, right? Where it's great to get a guy like Ramondre Stevenson on your roster if you can, you know? And in a lot of leagues, depending on situations, he'll be the number one pickup. But like I said last week, if you don't make the playoffs, it doesn't mean a damn thing. So you got to right. go out and get the guy that's going to play this week and, and win this week. And hopefully uh, we can help you through both scenarios. You know, if your roster is set, you're fortunate enough to uh, to just be cycling off, improving your bench, getting the most out of your bench as much as possible, which hopefully you're doing if you're listening to us for, for a lot of the season. Um, you know, then we can help you there, too. But uh, we'll also help you with some guys, hopefully, that can uh, do well this week. Let's get to the quarterbacks, but before we do that, word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free to celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football coming shark-free. Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of the free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features obviously $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay in those prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to clean that to claim that free $10 offer to get started. Okay, quarterbacks we had mentioned last week, Mac Jones, Tua. Mac was obviously awful with the weather. Tua, pretty good. Tyrod Taylor gets injured. Taysom Hill gets injured. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields doesn't even play. Gardner Minshew falls in line with Jalen Hurts being mm-hmm. injured. Uh, tough week for our quarterback mentions. <laughs> and, again, this is the perils mm-hmm. of doing the podcast I mean, on Tuesday. Right? Yeah. I mean, half of those names are just guys that, like, you know, we ran down the list in bullet points. Like, hey, keep an eye on these guys right. for two mm-hmm. quarterback leagues. Monitor the situation. And we have plenty and we have plenty more of those types of situations this week because there's a whole lot of uh, yeah, a new names going to get starts at quarterback this week that we already know, at least on Tuesday. Yeah, and I was going to mention Taysom Hill was our one big focus and ended up doing great, especially we're in leagues – like the ones I play against where you don't have any points for interceptions or fumbles. Thanks stake league. Cause I got 28 point burger dropped on me at Taysom Hill. I've never understood that. I've never understood every league I've ever commissioned takes points away for interceptions and fumbles, but our stake league road wire invitational dynasty. None of that does. So like, it's helped. So Taysom a lot Hill was great. And, and when it gets me in every one of those formats, it was wonderful. Of course he leaves that game with the dreaded mallet finger, which I don't know, prior to two months ago, I could have told you absolutely zero of what that meant. Now with Russell Wilson having the injury, Taysom Hill having the injury, Mario Puig got his finger injured in the same facet before. So on the <laughs> Sirius XM Friday shows, we've actually had a pretty good dialogue about it. I know far more about mallet finger than I ever would have thought possible. Okay. Since, you're, since you're the mallet finger expert, riddle me this. Is it named after the hammer or is it named after Ryan Mallet? Did uh, Ryan it's got to be Ryan Mallet, the quarterback for the Patriots who has been awful throughout his career, probably retired five years ago. Has nothing to do with the hammer? I think it, I think it probably does have something to do with the hammer where maybe if you accidentally injured your finger in that capacity. I don't know. He he talks about like he being Mario, again, who had the injury, our Thursday podcast guy, awesome expert overall. 
where it's just dangling. He says the finger, and I, I'm doing this in the video, so any of the YouTube, it just dangles there, and you really have no control of it for like two months. So you can do surgery, or you can do what Taysom Hill is going to do and like splint it up. Yep. But understand, you will have no control over that finger uh, while the injury is happening. That that makes me a little bit concerned because mm-hmm. the quarterback position theoretically yeah. uh, asks you to use your fingers. But I say theoretically because Taysom Hill is going to put that to the test. Really, the tight end turned quarterback might just get 20 carries against the mm-hmm. Jets this week and I could mean- end up winning the game. Yeah, you have to think of it this way, right? Russell Wilson was, we regarded as a pretty good quarterback, a pretty good thrower, right? He gets this mallet finger. He turns into unstartable in fantasy, absolute junk, overthrowing everybody, you know, no accuracy left whatsoever. You got Taysom Hill there, who is never necessarily, despite the contract, (laughs) never necessarily regarded as some supreme pocket passer, right? And what's that going to do to him, you know? But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I'd, I'd be hesitant uh, to do that. But we do have a couple names for you this week, though, that, that I want to get into. Um, another quarterback who would have probably been nice to have in a zero penalty for turnover leagues this week. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. And hear me out on this one. I know people are going to be like, wait, what? Um, the Bengals he's got this week, you know, not necessarily the greatest matchup. I believe they're ten, around 10-ish against opposing quarterbacks. But when the fantasy playoffs start, you start with versus Atlanta and at Tennessee and versus Houston. That's his fantasy playoffs here. You know, number 30, number 31, and number 18. Houston's only number 18 against opposing quarterbacks because teams stop passing when they go up by 30. So it's a it's as beautiful of a fantasy playoff schedule as you can get for Jimmy G. If they I don't know if they still have playoff aspirations or what Trey Lance is going to be involved, but if Jimmy G starts those three games, they're all excellent matchups here. And I think that's not a bad matchup to look ahead to. I like that name quite a bit. That's that's a pretty good one, given the other guys. Who else, from a quarterback perspective, are you considering either this week or rest of the season with the fantasy playoffs coming up here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple guys. I mean, I have to look to, uh, I think, Taylor Heineke at 39%. He uh, becomes a valid pick in the streaming conversation. Uh, you have to go down the list a little bit, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater at 23%. He gets the Lions, so, you know, what's not to like there? Um, you know, there are a few other guys, you know, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Trevor Lawrence, they're all pretty w- uh, widely available. I don't think I could trust Trevor Lawrence to pick him up and start him, especially if it were a one quarterback, you know, league. Uh, he does have the Titans who rank 31st against opposing quarterbacks. But man, that Jake's offense looks bad. Urban right. Meyer clearly doesn't know what I was doing, what, what he's doing. I mean, I love I saw the fantasy football subreddit. Actually, I look at that once in a while. Uh, you know, they, they highlighted one of our notes on uh, James Robinson that just uh it was uh, it was innovation in failure talking about the Jags and uh, and Urban Meyer and how he uses his running backs there inexplicably here. So uh, I don't know if I can trust Trevor Lawrence here, but streaming wise, you know, yeah, Jimmy G, maybe not if you need a one week thing. Like if, uh, you know, if, for example, none of these quarterbacks here outside of Jalen Hurts are really. You know, must start every week's guys that are on by, but uh, streaming it might be a little bit tough for Jimmy G with those last three weeks, especially if he gets Debo back. He's uh, that's probably enough to make him number one for me. And then I'll go Bridgewater two, Heineke three as far as streamers go. But we have a whole lot of quick hitter bullet point two quarterback league uh, news and notes to go through. Unless uh, unless you want to comment on those rankings. No, I was going to say I would rather I would sooner start the Titans defense than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, given Urban Meyer's ineptitude, you know, I was all in on Trevor Lawrence this season and he has been probably one of my biggest busts. So every success success story I might have with DeAndre Swift or anything like that, 
it just gets me frustrated knowing Trevor Lawrence, guy I touted the most, is being coached by Urban Meyer. And his ineptitude has been pretty plainly uh, obvious for a number of weeks and months now. Yeah, let's turn our attention to those two QB guys. We talked about Taysom Hill with his mallet finger. I think his kind of, mm-hmm. you know, if Taysom Hill is healthy against the Jets, he might be one of the top streamers overall this week. And maybe even something that transcends the streamer category whatsoever. With that injury, I mean, I'm I'm concerned pretty Pretty, yeah, very concerned, honestly, for what his stats will be in, in fantasy production. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's anything that's going to get better with Taysom Hill necessarily. I'd, I'd play him if you were tight end eligible still, but yeah, right now there's a, there's probably a lot of other ones we'd look to. But uh, we'll run down the list here. We got quick hitters again. Talking in depth about any of these guys doesn't do a ton of good as we as we saw last week. I remember last week of the show, we we're like, oh, well, Jalen Hurts kind of has a hurt ankle, but nobody's mentioned anything about her. He's probably fine. You know, of course, then then we get Gardner. So things uh, you know, things don't always pan out that way. But just a quick rundown right now. Big Ben Roethlisberger has pectoral and shoulder injuries. He did not participate in Monday's walkthrough. Gets the Vikings on a short week. Mason Rudolph is the backup just in case. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to miss another app or is going to miss another game here with a neck injury, uh, which would be Mike Glennon, but he's uh, kind of up in the air due to a concussion. And if he doesn't clear, it's if he doesn't clear, it's looking like it might be Jake Fromm this week. You know, you'd have to be deep quarter, two quarterback leagues to even think about that. We'll probably target the defenses instead, which we'll get to later. And then, of course, we have Tyra Taylor. We thought he was maybe benched for Davis Mills. Well, you know, when the whole it was all it was going poorly for the Titans, but uh Taylor is also awaiting MRI results due to possible torn ligaments in his non-throwing wrist. I don't know if that'll keep him out of the game, but uh they get Seattle this week just in case. Keep an eye on Justin Fields, of course. His status is still TBD. Uh they're in Green Bay this week. Even Andy Dalton, I believe I read, was a little banged up. So that could get a little bit messy in Green Bay on Sunday night. And then of course Gardner Minshew started for Hertz, but the Eagles are on bye. I would imagine Hertz comes back. So uh a couple of names to write down there. I think they're more most of them are more applicable for our streaming defense section than uh, you know, than our quarterback section. But you know, some news and notes. Uh yeah, I picked like I said, I picked up Jimmy G last week in a 10-team, two-quarterback league, and I don't intend to cut him because I have Hurts on a bye. Interesting. Uh, any other notes do you want to make with the quarterback position or good to move on to running backs? I think we can move on. That's uh, Those are the quick hitters. So, obviously, last week was a major running back week. We had Alexander Madison, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Boston Scott was kind of in that, in that same vein as well, too. Uh, and then, you know, Jamal Williams as well. For as good of a running back week it was last week, I think wide receivers are going to be pretty heavy for this week too. But as a result, not a lot left on the running back side of things. If Chuba Hubbard is somehow still available on um, waivers, obviously with the Panthers on bypass week, maybe it's possible. He immediately falls into starting consideration rest of the season. We have Ramondre Stevenson, who we talked about earlier at 61% roster on Yahoo. The Patriots are on bye this week if Damian Harris is limited in any way. Great, but we don't really know about that. Is that worth wasting a roster yeah. spot if you are in contention? Probably not. So you're kind of left with a few uglier names. And uh, among that group is that Boston Scott, Kenny Gamewell combo because yeah. Miles Sanders re-injured himself. Again, the Eagles are on bye. I mean, it's almost one of those yeah. scenarios where it doesn't interest me in, in any facet because of that bye week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to just backtrack a little bit here, Chuba Hubbard, 76%. So maybe worth checking up just in case someone forgot about it. I actually like Ramondre Stevenson if your playoff spot is secure by any means or if you don't need to start a running back this week if you have other viable flex options because 
it was it was soft tissue injury, right? For for Damian Harris, that that thing is kind of yeah. scary. Not only did he hurt his hamstring originally, he went back out there and then he came up limp again, which uh, seems like questionable decision making from an outsider's perspective. I don't know how much worse that can get, but uh, you know, given the weather and the whole circumstances, I'm really surprised they trotted him back out there only to come up limp after you know his first carry that which he probably would have posted by the way. But you know, a uh, a team like New England that you know can rotate backs through. Um, would be wise even after the bye to sit out Harris and Stevenson passes every single eye test. That's for sure. So as long as Belichick's done punishing him for little rookie mistakes, which we don't know for sure yet. Um, right. We don't know for sure yet, but uh, I think he's going to be, he could be a difference maker in the playoffs. So I, I do think you need to look at him first here, but you know, moving down the list. Yeah. You know, you, you hit on the Eagles guys. Uh, Miles Sanders re-injured his ankle. That's been bothering him, but you know, two weeks ahead, it's hard to tell. You know, is he going to come back? He looked pretty good. Um, and, of course, I think Boston Scott would be more beneficial. And and with these Eagles, when Gardner Minshew's the quarterback, the running back's value and outlook goes way, way up. I mean, Minshew will dump it off to the backs when Hurts doesn't do that so much. And uh, Minshew isn't going to necessarily steal carries on zone raids or designed runs. So um, that that's something to monitor with the Eagles. But I think the backs that you have to look at, if you're really – really making uh you need an rb2 this week and you need someone to go you have to look at the titans here and, and i would argue that uh against the jags in week 14 deontay foreman is probably the top pickup now both deontay foreman and Dontrell hillard are 41 percent rostered in yahoo leagues and with the titans backfield it's going to be game flow dependent here uh when they're behind which is going to be the case sometimes the rest of the way out because they're mm-hmm. so injured at the skill positions when they're behind Dontrell hillard hillard has big playmaking ability, and he seems like the pass catcher, even though Foreman can contribute in that area. But in a game against the Jaguars, I think the game flow is going to be uh, perfect for Deontay Foreman. And if you have a choice between the two of them, uh, I would definitely pick up Foreman over Hilliard. I had to make one tough decision. It's so looking like one tough lineup decision where I have to start either Rex Burkhead or Dontrell Hilliard, and I think I'm going to go Hilliard. But uh, in most situations, Foreman is the player that uh, you want this week. And I would say that out of the guys that meet our threshold, Foreman would probably be the top overall pickup. Yeah, I, I thought you were saying you had to make a tough roster decision on keeping Foreman at all last week. Oh. I was I was in a hard spot, short bench, uh, needing to replace a few guys and buy, and I had to cut Foreman. And I imagine you, you mentioned 41% roster in Yahoo. Many people might have done the same. I, I could see a scenario where especially in some formats, you had to make that same call. So picking up Foreman, I agree, running back this week makes the most sense. I don't know if there's anyone even really close to Foreman from a running back perspective. That's more because there's, you there's not a Hilliard's, lot. Or Hilliard's number two. Is Hilliard or is it like Tevin Coleman, who finally got a little bit more workload? I mean, I know he split time again with Ty Johnson, but he at least was more a little bit more effective. He got some fantasy points. Would it be Tevin Coleman that's kind of closer yeah. in that same vein? I mean, you could try to make a case for Tevin Coleman. Uh, he's only 41% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, he had only 39.7% of the snaps compared to 46.6% for Ty Johnson. But when it came down to the carries, he had 11 carries The Johnson's won. The only issue is week 14. You know, as we mentioned with the Taysom Hill talk, the Jets have the Saints and the Saints run defense is the best one in the league statistically. And they're they're the kind of defense that stops a guy like Tevin Coleman. And if anyone's going to get around him, it would be a Ty Johnson game. I don't think either of them have a particularly high fantasy ceiling, but uh, I wouldn't feel great about starting Coleman this week. 
given the matchup here, you know, I, I, I would argue if I were doing weekly rankings, I might even rank Ty Johnson ahead of Coleman just because of the type of matchup they're going to face here. But nonetheless, it's worth noting the uh, the workload because it looks like Tevin Coleman seems to be at least the primary ball carrier while uh, Carter is sidelined. Do you want to talk about the Seahawks backfield at all? I mean, Alex Collins was inactive this past week. With Adrian Peterson called up, I that that note came on Saturday. I wrote that note on Saturday. <laughs> if you want to know my feelings about Adrian Peterson being called up to the Seahawks, just go ahead and read Saturday's like what December third note because I have I was not at all holding back uh, on the absurdity of thirty six year old Adrian Peterson returning to the NFL after a miserable stint with the Titans. He scores a touchdown, of course, also gets you know negative yardage. Uh, not I mean he actually got yards, but on a per carry basis, it was negative yards. Yeah, you had, uh, you had uh, sorry, Rashad Penny looked pretty good, I thought, um, in his limited opportunities. And then Travis Homer is going to get all those fantasy production off the special teams running <laughs> carry. So I actually had, I saw a question. I think it was on Liss's article, one of his Liss's articles, and I thought it was relevant. Somebody was complaining that uh, it was Travis Homer that got the fantasy points, but it should be the Seahawks special teams unit that gets it. So therefore, the defense and special teams. What's been your thoughts on those weird instances where that occurs? You got to give it to them both, right? I thought that was this consensus or standard. Anyone that doesn't give it to them both should probably fix that. So if you played Homer and you played the Seahawks defense, you're getting interesting. See, I didn't, I thought, I mean, do you want to not give fantasy points away for people who return kicks? It's the same deal. It's the exact Well, yes, I, I think they shouldn't get points for that. I don't like oh, playing the leagues okay, where you get I, points for the kicker. But, no, I'm, I, I'm, I don't okay in this I'm instance, not saying return yards. I'm saying return touchdowns. If Cordero Patterson houses a punt, you should get those six points if you started Patterson. Oh, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think, I, I, you don't I agree don't. with that? No, okay. I, don't. I don't. That's interesting. Comment if you have a take on this because we are very far apart on this. Yeah, I think I, the individuals should get it. They scored the touchdown. What's? I right? don't think the Seahawks defense did get – or the Seahawks defense special teams did get that Travis Homer touchdown. I think it was because Travis it was a, Homer. Oh, so I could see that the Seahawks defense. Oh, ooh, because it was That's it was a, it was a punt that he then ran, like it was a fake punt that he ran. So it was Homer that got the points, not the Seahawks defense special team. Yeah. So think of it from a stat provider's perspective, though. It's still a rush. Yeah, a rush I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So there's no way to really differentiate it. Okay. So the debate becomes whether that should go to the Seahawks defense special teams or not. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that. Yes, it should, because the position does say D slash ST, and that was as ST as you get. Right. But uh, that's tough for a stat provider to recognize because it shows up in the box score like a run. And there's no there's no, you know, after after doing this, you know, at Rotoware for for so long, I can kind of, you know, I, I get it. I get a better behind the curtain peek there. And there would have to be some big time programming change to be able to add a signifier for what type of you'd have to you'd have to base the play result on the play formation you couldn't just manually do it once you'd have to do it for everything it'd be a big overall i understand why it's the way it is i don't necessarily agree with it but i don't expect it to change either yeah did you see that tweet last week where scientists have created a it seemed like a fully recognized alive robot like he was understanding he was alive do you see that at all? It was all over Twitter. I saw, that they could, I saw that they could reproduce now. They found a way to make nanobots reproduce, but not. Oh, well, that's that's so science has gone too far in that way, but evidently science has not gone far enough in terms of fixing a fantasy football because we do need that uh extra technology to be able to understand the formations of play calls. Mm-hmm. I went on a tangent. I'm sorry. It's just because I really don't want to talk about the Seahawks backfield. That offense is not very good as is. 
And the fact that you're relying on Adrian Peterson to be your goal line back makes me even more frustrated. I am done with Adrian Peterson discussion for the rest of my life in terms of fantasy football. I hate that teams make us have to do this each and every week. Uh, So I'm now my ire is directed towards the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, the only reason the Seahawks backfield even comes up is because they're playing the Texans, right? They're playing just about any other team except for maybe the Lions. Like we wouldn't even care. We wouldn't even go over this because really (laughs) – I mean, someone's going to produce, right? The matchup means somebody's going to produce, and it's such a wheel. I, I, I actually think Travis Homer has looked, you know, better than the amount of touches that he's getting. Alex Collins has looked dreadful, so he probably shouldn't even get the ball even if he comes back. Um, I mean, she's, you know, I start Alex Collins for several weeks in a row, then finally I, I. I get fed up and I sit him, and then Adrian Peterson comes in and scores a touchdown. Collins couldn't have done that, you know. Um, Penny has all the pedigree. So I think if you're taking it, if you're throwing a dart, hoping one sticks, maybe it's Penny. I think it it would be Penny for me, but I don't like it. I really don't. I, I completely agree with you on that. Let's move over to the wide receiver position. We had some comments, uh, at least in the video section too. So we'll try to direct again, big running back week last week. I think this week will be a big wide receiver week in large part because of injuries. And I guess we'll start first with Minnesota. With K.J. Osborne, he caught that touchdown pass uh, in what appeared to be the comeback win for the Vikings, only for Jared Goff and uh, the Lions to thwart that attempt. Couldn't have happened to a better team like the Minnesota Vikings, I could say that as a Packers fan. We had this idea of K.J. Osborne kind of emerging earlier this season when it seemed like he was the number three wide receiver. That Vikings offense has been devoid of any sort of – spreading the ball out to any other targets, right? It's been just Adam Thielen, just Jeff Jefferson, and then Delvin Cook and maybe Tyler Conklin every once in a while. Well, now you have Delvin Con- uh, just Delvin Conklin. Wow. Delvin. You have Delvin Cook not playing. Alexander Madison did well enough, and it is his part, which is fine. But you have Adam Thielen that could be out for multiple weeks now with what was reported to be a high ankle sprain. If that's the case, Thielen might not play the rest of the season. So KJ Osborne isn't just a streamer play this week, but might be a good long-term pickup. Yeah, very rarely is there a uh, is there a wide receiver that you can just pl- plug and play like this. You know, when one guy gets injured and one guy steps up, it's it's never that straightforward at wide receiver. But I think you can argue this situation it is at least in terms of the snaps. You saw season high sixty six snaps on Sunday that resulted in seven targets, caught four for forty seven in a score. Um, I mean, teams know that Justin Jefferson's the guy. You have to put everything you have into taking him away pretty much, especially if Delvin Cook doesn't play, and it was always going to be maybe a two-week absence for Cook anyway. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that. But I think Osborne, I would rank him higher as uh, as a streamer and uh, as a rest-of-season option given, you know, we don't know anything about Thielen just yet. He was estimated as a non-participant for Monday's uh walk through in practice here they have the short week here they get pittsburgh and then they finish up with chicago the rams the packers and chicago again so it's uh you know middle of the pack fantasy playoff schedule there's nothing that scares you about that matchup and um yeah i'd be uh i'd be pretty in on osborne if you if you were one if you're someone that was relying on Thielen and starting on Thielen every single week maybe but uh but two, just as a general wide receiver three, kind of a flex play here because I think uh, the volume is going to go up. The matchups are okay, and I would expect to see Thielen 
out for a little while here. The seven targets matched a season high, but he also did that twice more this season. I'm sorry, the season high was week one against the Bengals when he was targeted nine times. I don't know what the heck happened there or uh, why he fell out a little bit, but the snap count was a season high, and I think you can expect to see high, high snap counts and and usage the rest of the way out. So uh, I like him probably more than any of the other receivers we're going to talk about. He would have been our cover boy for this show, but Alan beat me to it and put him on the sneaky ads video. So uh, he didn't quite make it, but no, I'm, I'm a, I'm an Osborne guy this week and uh, the rest of the way out here. I did want to ask a question though. Can you remind me uh, what Vikings running back? They called up off the practice squad that got what more fantasy points than long this week. CJ ham. CJ ham. So what we have, what, 2.4 fantasy points and two carries. Oh, dang it. You did. CJ Ham was the guy. I thought that was a fullback. Yeah. So I, I cheated a little bit. I, when I said the podcast, if they don't call up anybody, it's, I, I said that anybody else is going to produce more than even if they don't call somebody up, the Vikings never called up anybody. So I thought I was dead to rights in that loss. CJ Ham got the catch. In a PPR format for 19 yards, which put him higher than Naguanu. Is that not a fullback, though? The fullback running back doesn't matter. He produced more oh my than God. The, the Vikings running back that you maybe, thought was good. Maybe Bayou Culver's because of that today. I'm, I'm completely fine. No, no, I'm completely That's fine. Just cancel that. Because that's <laughs> yeah. the thing I said was we'll wrong. Take a- Okay, maybe we can take a watch on that because yeah. I would uh, I would actually argue that rigidly, and I'm sure the owners don't want to listen to us have it out. Or I'm sure the listeners don't want to listen to us have it out on that and want to actually get, get through the rest of these wide receiver pickups. Yeah, here. well, and, and I wanted to cut in real quick. So Jay Wright actually asked, and I'm going to put you to the test on this, with DeAndre Swift likely out, and he's, he's probably going to be, you can't have DeAndre Swift in the flex. So should he go with KJ Osborne or Russell Gage, who had a monster game against the Buccaneers this week? I don't even know what Russell Gage's roster percentage is, but that's an interesting name too with the Falcons directly in a position to pass more again this week. I actually did put Russell Gage on the list this week, 34% Yahoo, 25% ESPN. So he definitely gets that. But Russell Gage draws the Panthers. They're number seven against opposing wide receivers. And um, he had a great game. I'll give him that. But Russell Gage feels like you're chasing the box score. A little bit. I mean, this is four more targets than any other game he's had this season. Now, the targets, he's had a couple of good weeks in a row against the Jaguars, who, you know, you'd expect to have a good week and against the Bucks. But actually, I lied. This updated overnight. Uh, the Panthers are sixth best against opposing wide receivers here. I don't uh, I listen. Gage isn't a sexy pickup. He's right around the fringe of rostering and flexing. But I think I would probably prefer KJ Osborne because he's got more room to grow. Whereas this was the Russell Gage ceiling game this week. I think that's a great way to go ahead and break that down. However, I would rather have Amron St. Brown, who we're going to discuss as well too, over Osborne and Russell Gage. So while I agree, if it's Osborne and Gage, I'm going to go Osborne all the way. If Amron St. Brown is available and he probably should be, he's only rostered in 6% of Yahoo leagues. 7% 7% of ESPN leagues. I think that one's going to be interesting. So just to outline what Amron St. Brown, everyone obviously knows the Amon touchdown reception. Is it? Is it, it a- named after the, I assume it's named after the Egyptian guy, but I'm not positive on that. Well, am I saying it wrong? Amon. Oh yeah. Amon, okay. that it was Amon Ra. And I kept saying Amon Ra and they were telling me it was wrong. And someone kept saying Amon Ra. Like Amon like, Ra St. Like Brown. An, like, like an Egyptian guy. Anyway. Okay. We'll just, all right. So um, equity St. Brown's brother, brother, right? We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, okay, so St. Brown, the wide receiver for the Lions, 10 catches on 12 targets, 86 yards, got that game-winning score, obviously, against the Vikings, their uh, awful defensive coverage at the end, which was fantastic to watch. Again, as a Packers fan, I'm, I'm, or I guess a fan of the NFL overall, if you, if you were not an, if you were not a Vikings fan, you were happy to see the Lions win, and I will go ahead and uh, pound the table for that one. Is this going to be possible to be repeated again this week, though, with the Broncos' defense? I think that's going to be the biggest part. I think the St. Brown workload happened because DeAndre Swift was out. We thought it was going to be Jamal Williams, but in fact, it could be that St. Brown is just going to get all these short yardage targets. So even though the Broncos' secondary is good, and I think the Broncos' defense overall is good, the Lions are going to be down by double digits early on right away. And I think there's going to be passing volume again available for St. Brown. Well, tell me I'm wrong on this. So, yeah, you're, here's why you're wrong. Um, the 12 targets are four more than any other game this season. So, yes, you can, yeah, you, you're right about where he's getting them from, where they're coming from DeAndre Swift. And, uh, you know, that, and, and that's fair enough. Um, but there are a couple things I don't like here necessarily. And I know he's our cover boy for this show today. Again, you know, Alan and I had it out over Osborne. He gave me a, a lion for the second week in a row. I can live with that, you know, getting punked a little bit maybe. But uh, but the Broncos defense, number seven against wide receivers. He's at Denver, outdoors. Could be some weather this weekend. You, know, you never know here. But Denver, and then after that, it's Arizona. Atlanta in Week 16 is the only worthwhile matchup here, and it probably won't even be a worthwhile matchup um, if we presume that Swift is back. Overall, you know, Goff had a good game, but him having a good game is definitely the exception and not the norm. Um, Amonra St. Brown basically had his ceiling game this week, you know, with the most targets, the most receptions, and it was the first time he scored all season long in the last three weeks combined he didn't have a single target inside the 20 and then he had two this week which matches the season high there let's see we got five six seven total weeks out of a possible 12 he didn't get a single target inside the 20 yard line here so uh i just don't think that it's sustainable and you know if you knew deandre swift was going to sit again i don't know if we know that yet but if you knew swift was going to sit again I could see a desperation play and, and throwing him out there, but I don't love Amon Ra St. Brown for the rest of the year here. And he probably goes below both uh, both Gage and Osborne for me on the list this week. Man, see, I, I just disagree with that. If you're going to try to talk about St. Brown not getting touchdown work or whatever else, eight weeks eight through 12 for Osborne. I'm looking at right now. He eight eight through twelve. So that's five games in five total games. Osborne had five catches for fifty four yards. So if we're pumping up Osborne because Adam Thielen's not going to play, then we should be allowed to pump up St. Brown because DeAndre Swift is also not going to be out there. There's no way in my mind that DeAndre Swift is going to play. I guess if Swift was available for this game, the lines are a dumb, but fine, whatever. Then you don't play St. Brown. It's as mm -hmm. easy as a one-to-one -one play, but if you want to, uh, want to replace our board bet with, uh, Osborne versus Amonra. Amon yeah. Are you this week or rest of the season this week? Yeah. I'll take St. Brown in a, in a full point PPR league over, uh, mm -hmm. Osborne this week. I should have the caveat that Thielen doesn't play, but, uh, no, I won't that's even... okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I won't I'll... Even... I mean, I want to, this is for the listeners out there too, as much as I mm -hmm. want to eat free Culver's all the time. That's great. But this is for the listeners. You're right. If, if for whatever the reason, Thielen is able to play on a high ankle sprint, which again, seems unlikely, mm -hmm. then I'm, then you're right. Like there'd be no reason to go ahead and yeah. play uh, Osborne in that case. So we talked about Osborne 
Russell Gage, St. Brown, three worthwhile pickups. If Devontae Parker is still available at 50, 52% roster on Yahoo, it's unlikely. They do have a bye week, but that's one of those that I would still scoop up my roster if I had one of those last mm-hmm. ones. You never know when you could really use another yeah. quality wide receiver. I think that's leagues, kind of what Parker is. There were even some 12-team leagues this week where uh, I was comfortable with my starting lineup and just upgraded one of my last bench spots to Devontae Parker just in case. Perfect scenario. It could be yeah. wide receiver three a bowl you know, for the rest of the year here. The other last name I thought of that I want to ask you about here is we got Keenan Allen on the COVID list, but I guess he's vaccinated. So he could he still could have a chance game. to play if he is asymptomatic and gets two negative tests. So um, maybe we don't have to worry about this, but in LA here, who benefits from a guy like Keenan Allen, um, you know, sitting out? You know, my first thought was maybe Jalen Guyton, but he feels like more of a deep ball guy, you know, and it was more of a following the snaps here necessarily. And, you know, he scored a touchdown, but I think he was also very responsible for one of Herbert's interceptions on Sunday. Other way around. Palmer, Josh, Palmer was. Oh, it's Palmer? Oh, yep. my, yeah, my bad, my bad. I, didn't, I did not mean to pin that on you, Jalen Guyton. I'm sorry, Josh Palmer. What the hell are you doing? You caught the ball and then you handed it to the other team. And, and quite Herbert, literally, yeah. Herbert loses two points for that. Um, that was incredibly frustrating because it's like a, it's basically like a rushing touch, like a six point fantasy swing. You got a 40 yard bomb that's going to connect, but instead you lose two points. So, uh, you know, brutal. But um, anyway, uh, so Guyton, Guyton over Palmer on the power rankings, right? If there's any Keenan Allen absence. Yeah, so if Keenan Allen is out, it's it's frustrating because the Chargers are probably one of the more flexible offenses in the league. Now it's it's crazy they have a very obvious target share: Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and then Austin Eckler for like eighty percent of it, and then whatever the twenty percent changes week to week. It's against the Giants, who could and probably will be down to their third string quarterback. I could very well see a scenario where we're getting a lot of Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. And the tight ends, whether it be Jared Cook or yeah. Donald Parham, as that secondary piece. I, so I think I think Eckler is like a, a perfect yeah. DFS play this week. If he's out there able to play, they are going to use we skipped uh, we skipped possibly Justin Jackson because I think they did say afterwards that uh, Eckler's a little bit banged up. And yeah, in game flow that's out of the corner. Maybe the fourth quarter is Justin Jackson's, but that uh that backfield has been after Eckler, it's been incredibly it's been a mess. It's and it's been Josh McKelly. We had a scenario uh Boy, they, they had just called up a running back, and I'm blanking his name already. Bradwell, Darius Bradwell, the week before, and he got the most carries. Like they, they don't know what they're doing with their backup running backs, which makes me really concerned if you were to say, yeah, Justin Jackson or anybody else who is playing for the Chargers. I think Austin Eckler gets a huge workload. Even if it is for three quarters, that's going to be the guy who gets the primary stuff. Mike Williams gets a bump up. But then I do think it's Jalen Guyton, and I thought – there was a little bit of a confidence builder this week with the Chargers. That toss to Jalen Guyton was a one-on-one deep ball. You got to make the play, Jalen. And he did. He came down with it pretty seamlessly and had to adjust on a, on a little bit of a bad throw by Justin Herbert. There have been opportunities over the last two or three weeks, and I've made note of it in each one of Jalen Guyton's notes. There's been critical third downs where Guyton was the fourth or fifth target, and Herbert got to him, and Guyton made the play. I think that gives a little bit of confidence if you are Justin Herbert that Jalen Guyton, I know, can make these opportunities where you point out with Josh Palmer, I throw it to him every time, bad things seem to happen. I don't know if I have confidence in him. I really believe with the with the Giants down to the third string guy, it's Eckler in the tight ends and no second wide receiver really jumps up. But if there were to be one, it's Jalen Guyton. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, good. I, I put that in there because I wanted to hear it from from the resident Chargers expert. And so I, I guess Jalen Guyton is the play. Um, we have one question real quick because we have Donovan Peoples-Jones mentioned. So I'll, I'll bring this up from starter kit Duke. He asks DPJ, so Donovan Peoples-Jones against the Ravens or Osborne against the Steelers. Again, Osborne and the Vikings play Thursday night against the Steelers, which is the better play. You're all in on KJ Osborne again with the assumption Adam Thielen uh, will not make a miraculous yes. high ankle sprain recovery and play mm-hmm. yeah i i think it, i think the play is osborne again yes based on the fact that we assume uh feeling is out but it, this becomes closer than i thought for a couple of reasons um one is baltimore is uh getting they're marlon actually humphrey's out right yes, like that's, marlon that's... humphrey is out um you know but maybe that fact uh, that affects jarvis landry more you know and, and i'm pretty sure yeah jarvis landry shed his injury tag here and you know Donovan Peoples-Jones is the wide receiver too, but if Kareem Hunt comes back, there's targets that are siphoned away. And Peoples-Jones has never had more than six targets in a single game this season. I think um, I believe that Osborne easily gets six targets this week, so I'm going to follow the volume and go Osborne. Yeah, there's the big play potential for DPJ, but I, I also agree with you. I think Osborne is the safer one. If this was standard scoring as opposed to PPR, do you feel better about Peoples-Jones over Osborne? Um, it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. It's, I, I'm okay. still going to follow the targets and I expect Osborne to see more. Okay. That's, that's where I would lean maybe a bit more. I would go Osborne yeah. people's Jones and people's then... Jones is dating MMA fighter, Valerie Lareda though. And that's a big feather, I guess in his cap. So maybe that's uh the best argument I can make for, for DPJ. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. I have Look up her Instagram. I... You do yourself a favor. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anywho, continue. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Let's get a word from our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is back for another season of Fantasy Football and they're running huge guaranteed prizes each and every contest each and every week. I assume major prizes with that too. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sound today and get a free six month RotoWire subscription. To get that subscription, you go to rotowire.com slash thrive. You deposit a $10 or you could deposit up to $10. And then you'll receive 100% deposit bonus back up to $100. So minimum of $10 deposit. If you go up to $100, you get $100 back. Then you play in your first paid contest. And boom, just like that, your free six-month RotoWire subscription. Go again, go to Thrive. Sorry, RotoWire.com slash Thrive. Deposit at least $10. And you'll receive $100 back or $100. My goodness, 100 deposit bonus back up to $100. Then you play in your first paid contest and receive free six months RotoWire subscription. If I have to say that, read one more time. I'm going to fumble through it. So we'll just move on to the tight ends right now. It's been a little bit tough. We, we, we had mentioned Foster Moreau with the assumption Darren Waller was going to be out. Waller was out. Moreau did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we threw the uh, caveat in there last week that the one time that Waller missed the game, Moreau was playing the Eagles, which are dead last. Or, I, I yeah. mean, giving up, giving up the most mm-hmm. fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So give it a little tougher matchup. It's not a... I saw a tweet. I forget who it was, but it was one of those. Well, some DFS out was just like, oh, so this percent of people, you know, they're showing his roster ship on DraftKings, think that Darren Waller's a system tight end. You know, I thought that was a little funny because clearly that's not the case. Waller's a little better than that. But, you know, Moreau was the best of a bad situation last week. However, this week, the best of a bad situation. I'm going to go back to the Vikings, you know, again, assuming Conklin, or uh, no, I I, 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 I I botched it there. Assuming <laughs> Thielen is out. Uh, Conklin is the guy and not necessarily because of volume because of red zone work Thielen was, I lost a prop bet with my friend last week when, uh, I had Thielen will not score double digit touchdowns this year. I had the under on 10 and he got number 10 right before he gets hurt. Oh no, He got number 10. They love cousins loves going to him in the red zone. You might as well call him a tight end. And I think that, uh, you know, while, you know, between the 20s, KJ gets a lot more targets, and maybe there's a little touchdown upside. You're taking Conklin this week for the touchdown upside. He's 30% rostered Yahoo, 34% ESPN. Again, it's a streamer. It's, you know, it's pending and, and confirming that Thielen's out as well. But, uh, man, Justin Jefferson, I don't know how long he can continue to do it all as awesome as he is. His teammates are going to have to get a little bit involved. I think Tomlin will be able to game plan him a little bit. And, uh, and you know, some of these secondary Vikings pass catchers are going to have to step up and Conklin's one of them. And again, because of, you know, the baseline his ceiling in a normal week compared to his ceiling this week, the difference in that probably makes him the top tight end pickup. 
Yeah, I actually am okay with that. I think the, the red zone opportunities is great. And as much as I love Alexander Madison to be able to capitalize on those, I'm crossing my fingers for my remaining NFFC team, which really needs the help from Alexander Madison. I could sooner see Tyler Conklin also getting those opportunities too. So I, I'm right there with you. Another guy at, at tight end is Ricky Seals-Jones. We've talked about before, actually has been a decent enough start for me when I need to go that direction in our dynasty league, which you again, Jake, are crushing it in. Thank you. Uh, despite Derrick Henry's injury, Ricky Seals-Jones probably going to be, if he's healthy, the top target, but he was out this past week for the third consecutive time due to hip injury. Yeah. Logan Thomas may have torn his ACL. So John Bates uh, would be your third string Washington football mm-hmm. team tight end. I think you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel if you need to go to John Bates, but maybe there are some leagues out there like tight end super flex leagues or something like that, uh, which you could consider him for. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where we are at this point. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones is is an interesting option, but, you know, hasn't necessarily been anything too crazy here. I mean, even when healthy, his best, he had two double-digit fantasy point games, and that's in, in PPR, you know. So even, even when healthy, he's only been able to do that twice and, uh, you know, did have a nice little stretch with uh, Thomas out, but not a huge ceiling guy necessarily. I would almost now... This depends on the health of Andy Dalton and the health of Justin Fields. And this is one of those situations where it's so hard to make a call on Tuesday. But, you know, Fields is banged up. Dalton's banged up, non-throwing hand. But if Dalton plays, I could actually get on board with Cole Komet. Perhaps he seems to be getting a few more targets with Dalton at the helm. Now, granted, uh, of course, uh, let's see, didn't Jimmy Graham? Yeah, Jimmy Graham came in and uh, vultured a touchdown on his only target, whereas Cole Komet was targeted seven times in that game, caught right. three for 41. Now, uh, you know, seven targets is uh, as good a volume as you're going to hope to get from a three-agent tight end. And the week before on Thanksgiving, he had 11 targets and caught eight for 65. So, again, this this makes some assumptions about who's going to start a quarterback for the Bears this week, but – I would probably go Komet over Bates if given the choice. Obviously, against our Packers too, which are inconsistent at tight end at times. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. It's a heavy David Montgomery game, right? I mean, that's that's what I would anticipate. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. I mean, Komet's twenty six percent rostered too, so he's not going to be around everywhere. People have picked up on it after the eleven targets on Thanksgiving. So um, I would go Conklin, Komet, Bates this week as the three tight end ads uh, under our threshold, but. Really, that's about it here. I don't, I mean, you could go back to Moreau, I guess. Darren Waller's still kind of, is he day to day or week to week? I think it's week to week. And I, I feel like this week probably isn't playing either. It seemed more like a multi week thing than just a one week deal. Yeah. I mean, Moreau only caught one pass. Uh, I, I'm moving well, away. I had to use yeah. him in one, in one league and I won't be doing that again. Yeah, I mean, you're making the decision between Moreau and Bates at this point. And uh, it's a much better matchup against the Chiefs. They're 25th against opposing tight ends. So, you know, maybe, but uh, you don't feel super great about it, I guess. One note on Komet, I'll be going to that game. So I can guarantee you Komet's going to probably drop 40 points on me because I'll be playing against him in like four different leagues. Bro and I are going up to that game as well. So uh, it'll be at uh, some point we have to have a Rotoware meeting uh, at Lambeau Field, just you and I. And, uh, if the, the Vikings board bet there on Thursday, then uh, the Packers can clinch on Sunday night. Oh, okay. Good Imagine to know. Those. Uh, real quick from the streaming defensive perspective, there's actually a decent amount that are available this week, which I was kind of surprised with. We have Philadelphia again on bye week, but I think for the rest of the season, actually is a pretty good pickup. So if you are in a glorious position to plan for your defenses, they have, I think all five of their or four remaining games 
are against NFC East opposition. Washington and the Giants, I think two games against the Giants. That's really great if you can plan that out. Otherwise, you have the Chargers against the third-string quarterback Giants this week, New Orleans against the Jets, Tennessee against Jacksonville, and Seattle against Houston too, uh, and the Broncos against the Lions if the Broncos are somehow available. I'm in a must-win playoff scenario, and I'm going to bench or cut the Tampa Bay defense for one of the guys that we're going to discuss today. And I think the top pick has to be the Chargers. They're at home against the Giants, and the Giants' offense hasn't looked good with Daniel Jones at the helm. They haven't looked good. They especially didn't look good with Mike Lennon at the helm. I have a hard time believing Jake Fromm's going to come in and turn things around, especially with the uh, wide receiving core a little bit banged up. It's really too early to tell in the week and to speculate who's going to play if Tony comes back. You know what? What's the situation with Galladay? Um, you know all of these guys that have been that have been hurt. Galladay, Shepard, Tony, all questionable. With Jake Fromm at the helm, yeah, sure you got Saquon Barkley, but uh, and the and the Chargers haven't been great against the run here. But do I trust Jason Garrett's replacement? Or wait. Does he still have a job there? No, he's, he's fired. He's yeah, gone. I was going to say, wait, I had, I had to rethink You had it that. correct. I had it correct. Okay, good. Um, but anyway, all those factors, I think the Chargers are the top defense this week. And the nice part is they're only 26% rostered. So, you know, you look at my other choices, you know, you got the Saints against the Jets. They're 45%, a little tougher to get. Tennessee against Jacksonville, they're 24%, a little bit tougher. And then I'm also slightly interested in Seattle at 13%. Only uh, slightly? Yeah, yeah, at Houston. They're on the road. Um, you know, I don't I this the Seahawks team as a whole doesn't impress me that much and their run defense has actually been has been pretty bad. I mean their defense hasn't been good, but it is the Texans with Davis Mills and uh, I mean at least Davis it's not like it's his first start. You know, we made a couple starts, you know, you know, didn't really do much with them early on in the year, but uh all four of those Chargers, Saints, Tennessee, Seattle just to put them in perspective, I'd rather have any of those four over, uh, I don't know, Tampa Bay this week. And and that's a league where I'm fighting to get into the playoffs, and uh, I need it, and I'm going to go for it. But definitely might even bid a dollar or two on the Chargers just to make sure I can get them on my team. Yeah, I, I'll throw in the Broncos, and I think every one of those, again, so Chargers, Saints, Titans, Seahawks, Broncos, I think those are five defenses that could be top 10 in scoring this week. Packers against the Bears, too, might be in consideration. Packers and Broncos might be close to that 50% roster threshold, but I think easily could be in streamer consideration. Mm-hmm. All that being said, if you have the Buccaneers or if you have the Rams or Cardinals, uh, I- I'm looking at just like top defenses against harder teams. This is the time, right? If you were playing the yep. Chiefs defense with the Raiders, you, you stream. You got you got to stream your defenses. The Steelers against the Vikings. I mean, like, there's a lot of people starting the Steelers defense. When you have so many quality defenses available, this is the week. I don't care if you're in a great position or not. Maybe don't there's drop the bucket. Just one. Yep. Go get a streaming defense. Exactly. Now, again, this makes it tough. It's a tough roster week, right? Because with four teams on by, teams are going to have to make some sacrifices. There are tons of injuries. Maybe IR guys that are holding out. Um, you might have to drop that starting defense, but you know what? Uh, if you got to win this week again, dropping that starting defense doesn't matter if you're not in the playoffs next week. So, uh, you know, just keep that in mind when you're making your moves. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the NFL podcast sponsored by WinBet. We'll be back again next week to get you set for the fantasy playoffs. And until then, Best of luck in your laps, and hopefully you do make it to the fantasy playoffs. We'll be uh, alongside with you to sweat up the nerves like I will be in a few of my teams. I know you too. Exactly. Hopefully we both still have our voices after uh, after Sunday night football action. Can guarantee you I won't, but it'll be fine. We'll be struggling through it nevertheless. All right. Thanks, everyone.